0: This is Live Well Talk on Running for a Cause. Phil's colon cancer story. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's. Uh, joining me today is Phil Decker. Uh, Phil's currently fighting stage four colon cancer uh, and receiving active treatment through the NASA Community Cancer Center. Uh, but but Phil, Phil just wasn't going to take it like that. And he's starting to raise, wants to raise awareness for uh, colon cancer and colon cancer screenings. And I mean, I'm all for raising awareness, but running 26 miles is incredible. Huh. And so you're training for the Boston Marathon, which will be on April April 18th. So, Phil, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. You know, uh, I watch I, I participate in marathons all the time. They're called Netflix for like eight straight hours. <laughs> That's, you know, so I knock off two marathons every weekend. But the type of marathon you're doing is a little bit different. And uh, tell me, what's your background with marathons?
1: So I um. I've been an athlete my whole life, but I was a tennis player growing up. Um, about when I was forty, it's was kind of a little podcast cliche, but I decided to do something that I really didn't like. Um, I kind of wanted to just step out of my comfort zone. I uh, needed to get back, needed to get a little bit back into shape, so I decided to start running. Um, I started out with a just a simple five k uh, here in town, uh, that's when that was about five years ago. Uh, and it just kind of progressed. I uh, ran my first half marathon, um, the Cranick. Um, and then I, I, did a, um, a half Ironman back home. And then I kind of just decided I, I, the next progression, I guess, in the, in the ladder was to, to do a marathon. Um, and I did the Indianapolis marathon in 2019. Um, and I, I'm a little competitive. So I decided that I, I wanted to have a goal and, um, I, I, decided that I wanted to qualify for the Boston marathon. And, um, a lot of my running betters said, well, I think you're kind of crazy. This is your, your first time doing it. Um, I had a great race. I was lucky. I was well trained, and I was lucky enough to qualify. Um, I did my first Boston Marathon um, just just recently. It's normally in April, and it got pushed back to October. Um, so I did it this year in October. Um, and then I was training um, for for the next Boston, which is April 18th, the one I'm getting ready to run. Uh, I I didn't have a great Boston my first my first time out. It's a downhill course, which you think that would make it a lot easier. Um, but it's a lot more stressful on your quads. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. So when I got to about mile 16, it starts going. It's, it starts going up and down. Yeah. And my quads were shredded, and my time was way less than I qualified for. So I hired a coach, um, and I kind of said, "Hey, I'm going to get to work." Right. Probably a week after I came back from Boston, I hired a coach. Um, her and I had a great, had a great. We did a speed session for eight weeks. Everything was going great. Um, Literally, the a week before I got my colonoscopy at the end of January, uh, ran my fastest f- 5K on a treadmill. Um, I was training really well, and then went in for a routine colonoscopy on yeah. January 5th. So life changed. So
0: you're seeing Doctor Alicia Allen, absolutely, yeah, five star doctor. I mean, she's amazing. Uh, she's done a podcast previously with me, but uh, so you're seeing her, and she just says, "Look, you need a screening colonoscopy. You were having no symptoms." Yep
1: so that's amazing I, i'm lucky to have alicia not only as a doctor but as a friend yeah and I, I 100% agree with you she's a great doctor she's smart as a whip and you know she's never she's never said to me hey you need to get this test or that test you know usually if if she sees something you know she'll say anything but we, but we never had any issues before you know and if you i went in for i actually went in for my physical in october and she said all right hey you're 46 now phil you need to get your colonoscopy um, and I kind of looked at her like, I feel great. What, you know, what do you mean here? She's like, Well, you know, they moved to 45. I, you should, you need to go in and get it. And she, she knows me well enough that she said, We'll do it after Boston. And she, and she said, I'll get it scheduled. So she actually scheduled it. Um, and they called me up and they said, Well, hey, you, you'd be January 5th. So there's no really no backing out, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, I to this day, um, she, she, she probably deflects it but i mean she, she she literally saved my life yeah um because if i didn't you know if i waited six months or if i even waited till i was 50 there's we're looking at a much different outcome
0: that is just that is that's such a good story um she's a speaking of boston she's a boston college grad yep yeah. i know that yeah, yeah. so she's familiar with she lo- i i send her, when i go to boston i send her pictures do ya? yeah ya? <laughs> for sure uh well let's let's talk about that screening colonoscopy um you know, a lot of people defer this because of the prep and the time. Just kind of tell us about the prep for you and reassure people that you know it's not that big a deal, really.
1: Yeah, you know, so you do a prep the night before, um, and obviously, people, you know, kind of kind of shy away from that. They get a little scared. I had no no issues, like you know, where uh, I felt. Bad the next day or anything like that. You know, i just did the prep and you. you I had my colonoscopy at eight the next morning, so I was up till about midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, and I, I really, I tell all my friends all the time. I say, you can either get a colonoscopy, which I would do every day of my life, or you could do chemo like I'm doing today. Um, and that's a you don't want to be there. Yeah, if yeah. you don't have to. Um, and you can get a colonoscopy, and if you have some polyps and you have some things that may be precancerous, they can cut them out wh- while they're in there. Um, and the next day, uh, after I got my colonoscopy, I literally ran the next day. Um, I kind of had a feeling that, you know, we, we had had some discussions the day before about cancer. Yeah. I had a feeling that the biopsy was going to come back, and it was, it was probably going to be positive. But in terms of any um, feeling bad afterwards, there was no,
0: so, no issues. So Dr. Chepialo was able to tell you that day that this looks suspicious. I mean, yeah,
1: which, absolutely. Yeah. The first question that he asked my wife was, "Has he had any symptoms? Um, you know, is there anything going on here?" Which I hadn't, um, and he was pretty surprised about that. But they, they, you know, I can't say enough about how Points treated my case. They jumped on it like it was a live grenade. Um, I literally was having blood tests that morning. I met with a care counselor that day. I had my results back the next day. I was in a CT scan within two days, I think. Um, and then after that, I had some, some other, I had to get an MRI, but I mean, it was, it moved very
0: quickly, which... We, we certainly, that's our goal, Yep. you know, particularly with that cancer diagnosis. Um, it's, you know, we're seeing people with uh, advanced cancer coming in now um, and heart disease, etc., all because of that shutdown during the pandemic, and so that's uh, a, that's, uh, in a way, it just reinforces what Screening and health maintenance, it is of value because if you skip it, you, can, you really can see an influence in the the uh, severity of illness that we're seeing in the hospital. So, But now, you know, uh, like Dr. Abramson, who's a retired gastroenterologist, but, you know, people say, well, the prep sucks. And he says, so does chemotherapy. So you make your choice. So <laughs> tell me about you're actively at the Na- NASA Community Cancer yep. Center. Uh, you're getting chemotherapy right yes. now.
1: Okay. Tell me a little bit about that. So I started chemo um February basically the first week of February. Um I do I'm on a pretty uh, I would say pr- it's a pretty aggressive plan. Um so I have chemo all day on Mondays. Um and then I spend I have a I take home an IV bag that gives me chemo for the next 48 hours. Um and then I get I get my 10 days or yeah, you know, get 11 days off. Um and I've done four cycles now. Um, I did my rescans, and then I'll do a couple more cycles of chemo um, before I uh, before I have surgery. Um, and in terms of chemo, there's like you said, there's you'd much rather get a colonoscopy than have chemo. Yeah. Um, I, my wife, my wife says, and I think she's absolutely right that um, there's no there's no other choice. You know. Right. The, ke- yeah. Ke- chemo, and I had great scans. Um, it, it's not the easiest regimen in the world, but quite frankly, it's, it's saving my life. So there is, there is no, there is no other choice. You can't take an aspirin for can't, you can't take an aspirin for cancer. Right. Um, so you know, you have to do a little bit more than, than, than's required for most things. Um, but the staff's been great. I have a great bunch of nurses. Uh, my doctor has been great. When I walk in there, I feel like that, that they really care. They know what they know what you're going through and they try to make that environment as, as comfortable as possible. You, you, you,
0: you, we've if we've done one, we've done probably a half dozen. Uh, we've probably done more than that. Uh, podcast on the Helen G. Nassif Cancer Center, yeah. we had various staff over, etc. And it's just so obvious the passion that they have for what they do. I mean, they they get up in the morning, they're excited to go to work, yeah. you could just tell it. Yeah, I mean, they so they're always nice to have on the podcast. And uh, you know, you've been working with their team over there specifically, uh, Connie Diedeker. Uh, Matt Schmitz, who we've had on a podcast, uh, as well as uh, Mary Beth Peiffer, uh who is a dietitian. Tell me about your interaction with them, and you said they treat you like family, and yep. go from there. So
1: I'll start with Connie. Um, Connie was my the first person I met as a care counselor, and I, I, Connie's kind of like my guardian angel. I, if I need something, if I need, you know, one time I called and they wanted to do an MRI in a week, and I was calling her to be like, hey, you know, that seems like it's going to take a while. She had already called me and said, hey, don't worry about it, Phil. I'm going to call him right now. And four hours later, I was in for an MRI. Um, so she's—I almost feel like she's she's just my advocate. If I need something, she, she'll do it. If I call her at seven o'clock at night, you know, she, she'll work with me on something. I just saw her at a at a at, we went to the I Know Jack Foundation gal this weekend and i you know i saw her and you know it was the first person i give a huge hug to and then i saw her again today she was in my meeting with dr jenna gary and I, she's just she's like my guardian angel she's there for me if i if i you know every time i've called her you know sometimes i have to call her after hours she picks up the phone and she she's i mean she is so committed to what she does um and like you said th- there's a big th- there's a big care aspect there um and she's connected me to matt and the dietitians. um the dietitians will always come—when I'm in chemo, they come down and they see me, and they talk to me about different things. Um, I've had some gastrointestinal issues, um, and we've done some diet things to, 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 to work on that. Um, they've even helped me with, with different ideas from how I do my fueling for, for, for the race coming up. For the up. race coming up. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I sat down. I, I worked out for a long time um but this is a different this is a different ball game so i sat down you know it's a free service which is just i mean to me i have all these great resources and I'm, I'm the kind of person that if i have great resources i like to bounce bounce ideas off of them and see you know I, I learn stuff from people um and i i sat down with matt probably two weeks into my my chemotherapy and my journey and i said you know i basically wanted to pick his brain on how this is going to work and what you know, what I was going to be able to do and what, what I wasn't going to be able to do. Um, he gave me some great exercises for neuropathy that I, I use to this day. Um, I was really worried about my feet um, because that's, that's what I use to run. So that, yeah. was, that was a concern of mine. I ended up having a lot of neuropathy in my, in my hands and my mouth. But my feet, just I think with exercises that I did and then just keeping moving, I haven't had any issues well, with, awesome with my feet. Well, that,
0: that's awesome because that's one condition that's hard to treat uh peripheral neuropathy whether it's from chemotherapy or diabetes or some sort of other illness uh that's always a that's that's just really hard to treat painful peripheral neuropathy yeah not not they're not easy cases to treat
1: i got my first ice cream last night in about i don't know how long it's been now three months (laughs) and i was just super excited to, to have some ice cream um but Matt, in general, the thing I'm really looking forward to with Matt, I used to probably lift three or four days out of the, out of the week. Uh-huh. Um, is he's going to be a great resource for me to re. re- I, I know the exercises and the things to do, but I haven't gone through cancer and to rebuild my body. I'm gonna, you know I'm going to lean heavily on him on how how we do because I'm almost you know I'll almost be starting over at that point. Um, in, in the terms of lifting weights and things like that. So. Yeah,
0: exercise physiology has changed so much. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you, but I can remember being in seventh, eighth grade. I wrestled and also played football and uh, baseball. Right? Yeah. I can remember the baseball coach saying, "What are you seeing us in the weight room? Saying you're going to screw up your throw, you're going to screw up <laughs> your swing. Sure. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't be lifting weights. And you know, now that's just totally yeah. changed. And so. Uh, that's uh, that's interesting, and Matt does. Matt's very knowledgeable and does a good job. Um, you know, I want to point out something there for the listeners that. Um, so, you know, you said you had the MRI. It was going to be four days, and they got you in sooner. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes when people hear those stories, they think, well, they weren't telling the truth when they said they couldn't do it for four days. And I, I want people to understand, and I know you understand sure. this is that MRI schedule is full that day. But Connie talked to the tech over there an MRI suite, and said, here's the deal. And that person said, okay, we're, we're going to skip lunch. We're going to stay a little late. We're going to, you know, they made a sacrifice because that's what we, we want to give the health care to you or to our patients that we would our loved ones. And if it was your loved one, you'd skip lunch or stay a little late to get it done. And so that happens every day in every department in the hospital. And uh, that's that's uh, that's not an unusual story. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. You know. So Mary Beth, uh, she has been the dietitian over there. Yes, we've we've had her on a previous podcast about this, uh, and I've admitted uh, to multiple people on either during a podcast or during conversations, physicians don't get a lot of nutrition training. The nutrition, and I and I don't, you know, disclaimer, I don't know if that's changed in medical school, but it really was more biochemistry. Uh, of fats and sure. carbohydrates, and et cetera. It really wasn't fundamental nutrition. Uh, you know, they threw the food pyramid at you, which we, <laughs> we now know is not great. So t- tell me what, how Mary Beth has worked, coached you through this.
1: Um, so I've had a lot of questions about my diet previously before this, right? So my, my que- a lot of my questions have revolved around how can I make my treatment easier um, you know, what, what can I do to lessen the side effects and things like that? And she's given me a lot of great advice for that. And then what, what's my diet going to look like today going forward? Um, I, before this, I would say I ate a typical Midwestern diet, Right. I grew up in the Midwest. Yep. I, I just, you know, every six months I buy a quarter cow with yep. my neighbors. Yep. You know, I, I, have a lot of steaks in my, fr- my freezer and a lot of hamburger and, um, I, I'm I'm in sales, so I'm on the road a lot. I've, eat, you know, I eat at a lot of deli places. You know, I eat, I was eating a lot of processed meats. Um, I don't know, if you can't not include bacon in the Midwest diet. So <laughs> one of the first things I, you know, I asked and kind of did some research on is, you know, what, if there's anything I could do different, you know, well, hopefully once I get through this, you know, how, how can I prevent it from maybe coming back? You know, and there's no, I know there's no guarantee that, but, you know, I, I've been talked to several oncologists, and a lot of them say, Hey, I I need a lot more vegetables um, and fruit. So that roughage, yeah, fiber. Yep. And we've talked about, I've I've talked specifically with her about fiber. And you know, one of the things I wasn't aware of is you can't increase your fiber overnight, you kind of have to do it as a process.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, if I I knew it, I forgot it.
1: I didn't know either. You know, it's you you can't go from zero to 100 um, because if you do that, then your gut doesn't have a enough ability to process and you almost create other issues. Um, so she's given me some great advice. You know, we've started at, here's your grams that you're eating regularly. And then we're going to kind of go kind of go up from there and get to where we want to be in terms of the, the fiber side of it. Um, and then, you know, just working with her on different things, you know, I'm going to go to more of a, uh, a fish and chicken based diet for my proteins. Um, just, you know, how, you know, you have some recipes for me that, you know, that I can use and, you know, how, how do I get away from the red meats and the processed meat? Right. Um, and she validated, you know, kind of my concerns, you know, processed meats, uh, with nitrates and, and bacon are, are probably not real good for somebody who's had colon cancer. If I'm getting it at 46, something's going on in my body that, that, that maybe be saying it's not a good fit. Um, so I'm going to eliminate those from my diet and, um, you know, try to save my own life. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, you know, I vividly remember. I have a it would be a second cousin, so it would be my dad's first cousin. You know, he worked at one, I won't say the name of the company, but he worked at a meat processing plant, right? They make lunch meat, and he would never eat lunch meat. Wow. And I was like, well, okay, the guy that's making it's not eating it. Should we be eating it? You know, and uh, because they saw how it's made, and uh, it's certainly that high processed food is is not good for you. You know, medicine's a team sport. The Helen G. Nassif Center uh, certainly uh, behaves that way. Uh, they're an excellent team, uh, and uh, as I've said before, we've had them on the the show multiple times, and always learn something. I always feel good about them coming over because they're just good passionate people. passionate about what they're doing. I love that. Uh, but you're passionate. That's pretty obvious. Sure. Uh, one, you're dedicated to train for a marathon. But two, you've also started some a, a website. Yeah, tell me more about that.
1: Um, so, one wh- one of the things that I decided kind of early on was, um, and, and and I'll kind of give you the backstory behind yeah, man, that. Yeah, please. The 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 first day that I was in chemotherapy, I received an I know Jack backpack, um, and it kind of so, s- tells the story about Jack, um, and I was pretty, I guess I was pretty affected or pretty floored by the fact that. Here's a kid who's been battling brain cancer since he was five years old. His, not, not, you know, any kid that has to go through cancer, you, your heart just breaks for him, yes. you know, just pours out for him. And just to see how they were handling it and how they were trying to pay it forward and make the cancer experience easier on other people, my my thought was, and I've always been a very positive person, that I wanted to take this as an opportunity. That how, how can I help other people? Right, so we're doing two things. The, the you get the question I get the most from, and is when people say to me, "What can I do?" Um, and I, you know, we've had people bring us meals and things like that, and that's great. But the 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 thing that I always tell people is, I say, "Hey, what you can do is you can. Most of my friends are over forty-five. You can get your colonoscopy, and you can tell your you can tell five friends. So we start a website. It's called org. And we're going to continue to develop that. And the whole idea of that is not only save your own life, but do me a favor and go tell your five best friends and talk I like to them. That. To, you know, take my story and, you know, we, we use my story as a good example. You know, if, 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 if you saw me walking down the street, the last person you would think, or if you knew me and you knew my, you know, what I do running and things like that, the last thing you would ever expect it is me to be sitting here talking about stage four colon cancer. It wouldn't. We just would. It would floor most of my friends. So we try to use that kind of extreme example as a way to prompt people to say, "Hey, you know, this is this is something that can happen to any of us." Um, And I've had a lot of friends get colonoscopies as a result of that. um, Probably sixty of them. I've had a couple of friends that a couple of really close friends might have precancerous polyps. That thank God they went in, you know, when they're forty-five or forty-six, as opposed to waiting. Because now it's a it's a tiny problem versus a, a much bigger problem. Right. Yeah. I
0: mean, and you know, with colon cancer, three to five years is a long time with right. colon cancer. Absolutely. Uh, and that can spread uh, in that time. Yeah. Um, that it, it kind of reminds me of that what six degrees of separation and Kevin Bacon for you it's the five degrees of Phil Decker and yeah, uh, colonoscopies. You know, I like that. Um, the the uh, you know, so you're raising money through this. Yes. Correct? How yes. much How much you raised?
1: So we so we partnered with the I Know Jack Foundation and Children's Cancer Connection, um, which is a camp in Iowa that uh, kids with cancer can go to. Um, we, we we've had a great great response from that. I thought when we first started, I thought maybe we'll raise a thousand bucks and it'll be great, right? You know, right. That'd be awesome. So we use Boston, the Boston, me running the Boston Marathon as a hook, and a lot of people run Boston Marathon for charity. That wasn't my case. Um, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to use that event as kind of a way that people could kind of get behind me, um, and and then also get behind the two two great charities that we're working with. We raised eleven thousand um, dollars in probably less than six weeks, which I've just been flabbergasted by. Um, I'm, just the appreciation of my friends to go out and you know to help me yeah, out and yeah. and to get behind me. I mean that that's been a huge huge win for me, and it's introduced me to a lot of great people. So. You know, everyone says you know people. I you get a lot of times. I'm sorry, and and I would have said the same thing to myself probably in, in January. But to be quite honest with you, I I can't. I think this for me has been a blessing in disguise. Um, it's activated. Uh, it, it's given me a purpose to help people, um, and something that I could be passionate about. And that's you know, if if I could save you know your life or somebody else's life or a friend's life, I mean, I think that's that's a gift that. You know, I've been given that hopefully I can I could pay it forward. Yeah, yeah.
0: You are a positive person. I can officially say that and yeah, sign good. off on that. Yeah, Boy, Thanks. <laughs> that's impressive. Um, now, you got some good news last week. Can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I,
1: know- we, I got re last week. Scans went really good. Um, I have seven spots in my liver, and three of them were almost undetectable. And then my colon, um, I had a four- to five-centimeter uh, mass when I started, and that's been considerably reduced. Um, so that was great news for yeah, me. Yeah,
0: that's outstanding. Yeah,
1: recently. absolutely. And I will have, um, I'll do a couple more rounds of chemo and then I'll, I'll have surgery and hopefully we can get get what's left in there yeah, for sure. That is yeah. exciting.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, the uh, advanced liver and uh intestinal colon surgery that's performed at mayo is is impressive and they have some really impressive surgeons up there uh, a couple more personal friends and they're just they're impressive people just to begin with so
1: and they were and they work hand in hand with my my people here which is nice because i don't have to go up there and do chemo or things like that i just go up there um really when i need to talk to the surgeons there, i, I mean there was
0: a time that if you sent a patient to mayo you kind of lost the patient right and I would say in the last ten years, Mayo has said, "Let's keep as much as we can local," and uh, and that's been a good relationship. We we were in the Mayo Clinic network there for well four or five years, and it was just a tremendously, it was just an outstanding relationship.
1: I'm uh, glad, I, yeah, I, that's a hundred percent how I feel. They've you know they they work with my team. I, I was in to see my oncologist, Dr. gary today, and they had. Um, you know, they have all the notes. They talk back and forth, and yeah. you know, it's the same network. I called up there right? once.
0: I had a patient in clinic, uh, and, I, you know, I thought he needed surgery. Uh, so I called up there, and I talked to the surgeon. And I said, well, here's what's going on. I I think he needs surgery. He goes, yeah, I agree with you. I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll make a referral. He goes, well, what's the patient doing tomorrow? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Let me ask him. And it, it, the guy had surgery the next day, went up, saw the doc in the morning, had surgery afterwards. And, you know that's that that never happens. No, you know, no, never happens. You <laughs> um, call that
1: doctor for me. I don't. I don't want to wait till July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm to well, wait till next
0: week. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, are, are you a patient person? Can you wait, or you always have to be active?
1: Um, I I'm pretty active. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah that's sure. my impression. <laughs> that's a I'm good in impression. I'm in sales, so I mean, patience is. Probably, I mean, I have some patients, but it's not a natural virtue of mine. You have to for work sure. at it? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, in the marathon as well as your upcoming surgery. And I'd like to have you back on the podcast to do a, kind of a follow-up at some point. Sure. Uh, it's always a good story to share, and I think it really will. You know, if we get one listener to get a colonoscopy, we're, we're, that's a success, right?
1: Absolutely. You know? We could so, save one life. You know, they say one in 23 people now are getting
0: colon cancer. So if we could save. And younger and younger, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Again, this is Phil Decker, who's running the Boston Marathon on Monday, April 18th, to raise awareness about colon cancer and raise money for I Know Jack Foundation and Children's Cancer Connection. If you'd like to support Phil's campaign, visit tell5friends.org and visit the How to Help page. We'll also leave a link in the fundraiser uh, in the description of this podcast. If you are 45 years or older, Phil and I encourage you to talk to your doctor about screening colonoscopy. No, let me We advise you just to get a colonoscopy. Yep. Just tell your doctor you need to get one. Not Don't talk to him about it. Just tell them, I want a colonoscopy. And tell five of your friends to get their colonoscopy as well. Finally, if you have uh, been diagnosed with colon cancer and want to learn more about treatment and support and the wonderful services offered at NASA Community Cancer Center, visit uh, communitycancercenter.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.